You are listening to the Techie Leadership Show with Bogdan and Andrei. Hello and welcome to the Techie Leadership Show. Today with me I have Thomas Sandberg. He is a software developer, author of Mastering Selenium Testing Tools and the founder of Think Code AB. Hello Thomas, how are you? Hello Andre. I'm uh, I'm fine, thank you. And uh, you? Yeah, same here. It's really nice great and it's a pleasure having you on the show. Um, do you want to add anything else about yourself? Um, you said that I'm a developer and that's correct. I've been developing since uh, writing code since 1982. I just thought oh, came up to that. Uh, I was 15 years old. So doing the math, I must have been, it must have been 1982. And I was probably really boring uh, as a kid because I never liked playing any video games or anything. So I started out. On no video games. No, never done that. Okay. I have been working on on uh, gaming in gaming companies, uh, but never played any games. So I started out. That's writing, interesting. Uh, I started writing out writing a uh, small program for for holding records for uh, a thing that my father was working on. When I was 15. Oh. In, in implementing bubble sort, uh, had to fit everything into memory, so I had to shorten variable names. It was a bit complicated, and I was 15. But so it was fun. Basically, you're, you're a second generation software developer. Am I? I no, I don't know. <laughs> no. Second? Well, you said you were, you were helping your father, you're helping your father. Ah, my father had had a business need. He he didn't ah, know about okay. uh, programming, but he had a need, and I learned about programming to resort that uh, need. Oh, okay, interesting. Getting involved in the family business, pretty <laughs> good. <laughs> that's that's a way of learning, and it was it's good. It's good. Um, anything else you want to add, or is that uh, okay? Uh, I guess that's pretty okay. I've been doing this for a long time. I see things come, I see things go. Uh, oh, yes. Lots of time is the same it. thing with different terminology attached to it. Well, at least from my experience, it's the same concept wrapped in a new <laughs> package. I, uh, I must say that I definitely agree. Uh, the only new thing I am aware of that occurred in recent times would be relational databases that uh, showed up around 80, 1988, 1989. Uh, before, after that, I don't think anything new has happened. Uh, object orientation, that's uh, 70s. Uh, markup languages, XML, HTML, that's uh, late 60s. Yes. Um, containerization, Docker early 70s or mid 70s been done in mainframes forever but uh, oh, yes. we are we are a trade that where a lot of people are uh, haven't been around that long and a lot of people they don't know the history so many a lot of people don't know that uh, the concept as such has been around for a long time the packaging is new yes exactly so yes it, it's very interesting but it's also interesting that the new ideas are repackaged and uh, sold as new ideas yeah and that's it's also some some in some ways it's good because if you spend like five years really going deep 
and uh, getting as much knowledge and uh, information about uh, software development. Afterwards, it's when the new concepts appear, you realize, oh, it's the old stuff. Uh, it's just I, I need to learn the new key phrases and I'm good to go. <laughs> sometimes it is like that. Uh, but it's also very important sometimes that uh, you uh, don't discard the new ideas as a repackaged idea because that will put people yeah. off. That can be a pitfall. Yes, okay, it can be an so issue actually. So with all your experience, uh, I'm really curious about the stories uh, you have. Um, and let's start from the top. What is the biggest leadership success story you've witnessed personally? And I've seen that question. Uh, I saw the questions beforehand and I've been thinking a little bit about it. And uh, unfortunately, I can't really think of a really good success story I could share. I've seen managers no. that are okay. I've seen managers that uh, or leaders that are okay. Not very often I've seen someone who who uh, surprised me or made me really happy and, and someone I really want to work for. Oh, uh, and that's tragedy. very sad. It is a tragedy. Yes. And I guess that's partly why I became self-employed. My last manager, who I was employed, who was my employer, he uh, told me that, hey, Thomas, you can't be steered. Why don't you start your own company? Oh. So he didn't fire me or anything like that, but he suggested that, well, you don't like it around here anyway, so why don't you start your own thing? So I spent uh, the Christmas thinking about this, uh, talked a lot, a lot with my partner about it. She was a bit worried. Uh, what happens if you don't have a find assignments? Um, because I was the sole, uh, sole provider for the family by then, back then. Okay. So yes, there was Lots some risks involved. Uh, not that much pressure, but uh, there were risks. There were risks. Um, but I uh, decided that, well, I want to do this. And so I did. And uh, it's been, uh, that has been a success since. 19, uh, that was in 2013. Um, you it for quite some time so now. Well, maybe, well, maybe, that, maybe that is the leadership success I'm, didn't, I didn't is. can't recognize. As uh, this person, Pelle, uh, he uh, realized that... Uh, this person is hard or impossible to steer. So therefore, why, why even bother? Ah, th that's um, an important realization. Yeah. And how is it now being the boss? <laughs> I have lots of uh, arguments with my boss. He's uh, really stupid, my boss. Unfortunately, <laughs> that's my, me, myself, and I. No, honestly, uh, it's best thing ever. Best thing ever. Um, so from that perspective, I can't, I can only see one reason why someone would not want to be self-employed around here in Sweden. And that, that is, is, that is if you are want to be on paternity leave, no one will pay an invoice if you're on paternity leave. Oh yes. So if you uh, become a parent, I can see a point in uh, being employed somewhere because it happens that uh, they pay you uh, a little bit more than just regular paternity payment. That's the only reason I can think of, to be honest. Okay. Otherwise, 
working as in my case consultant and contractor uh, helping out where people want help that works very well oh, but it's not for everyone really cool. some, some people they want like a harbor this is where i belong and uh, well that's not necessarily me or i have those uh, uh what do you call that uh, i have that set up anyway because i'm uh, i'm a musician i uh, am involved in two different orchestras so that's where my uh, my harbor is i guess and then i have lots of friends who are in similar situations you're also a musician oh and <laughs> i always thought there's there's a lot of correlation between programming and music do you find it to be so or uh um Yes and no. Uh, okay. I'm not necessarily convinced that it's programming, but the ability to study and study uh, focused is something you have to learn uh, when you're uh, when you're a kid. And if you play a mus- musical instrument, it is possible to learn that, and you have to do it if you want to want to want to continue. So I see. Uh, I'm not sure it's a correlation, but I see a um, connection between being able to study, focused, and playing an instrument. Uh, but it's then again, uh, there I know a lot of people who have studied and learned a lot of things and never ever played an instrument. So it's not a very clear con- connection there. But I do okay. think it exists. And just out of curiosity, what instrument do you play? I play the trombone. The trombone? Yes. Interesting. Yes. And the before first you ask, I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, I know. I know more of them. Uh, we have uh, sure. Steve, Steve Freeman who wrote the fantastic book uh, "Growing Object Oriented Systems Guided by Tests." He also played the trombone. We had oh. one chat uh, in in Potsdam a couple of years ago about uh, the the. Uh, similarities between playing in in a section as in three or four or five persons playing the same instrument more or less the same thing and a team because nice conversation it was very good and and uh, one of the things uh, i think steve said was that if you have a star and the star doesn't help the rest of the uh, the musicians or developers it's going to be yes. crap or shit. Yeah. And uh, I think you actually used the word shit. It's going to sound like shit. <laughs> uh, if we're looking at the, at the trombone section, then there's a star and then there's uh, four amateurs. So what you have to do as, uh, as the star or the best musician, if there is such a thing, is to help out the uh, people around you. Uh, you have to push yes. them forward. Uh, give them a chance to shine. Uh, you don't have to shine all the time. You will shine anyway. You have yes. to give the folks around you the ability or possibility to shine uh, yes, by helping them. Yes, exactly. And that's the same thing with the team. If you have a team of developers and uh, one developer is really, really good, best ever, no one is even close, but this person is not even trying to help the rest of the team. There, w- there won't be that's anything a out of that. That's a disaster. Absolutely. So that's a matter of, I guess, leadership. Uh, you can lead 
I mean, leadership is not uh, being a leader. That's not a that's not a role. It could be a role, but it's actually a behavior. Uh, And anyone can be a leader. And if there isn't a leader in a group, there will be there will a leader will will uh, will uh, emerge. Emerge. Yes. So someone will will become the leader, uh, because we are humans. We are uh, what do you call that? Uh, A pack. Is that the correct English word? Uh, a tribe or a pack. A tribe. It's, it's in exactly. our human DNA to exactly. always choose a leader eventually. Yes. I'm thinking of things like uh, dogs or wolves. They are also yes. uh, an animal that lives in groups. And there's always a leader. That's why yeah. you can, if you have a domestic dog, that's why you can, uh, t- can uh, steer them. Because they're looking for a leader. If you take that role, uh, then you... You can steer that dog, and in any group there will be some kind of leader. Yeah, and it's really interesting that you, because I just remember um, a more recent study about wolves because you have the whole alpha uh, mm-hmm. wolf that leads the pack, uh, and actually I think the the person that coined the the idea and came up with it is actually regretting putting it out there because it caught so much attention. And uh, newer studies show that actually, in, a, in even in a wolf pack, it's not just one leader. There are several wolves that uh, are good at specific tasks, tasks, and they change leadership depending on what are the goals of the of the pack, what they want to achieve. So it's not just one person always leading. They actually switch roles and say, "We have to do this. Uh, you're better at it. You go. You lead us now." Which I find like really interesting. It's not fixed. <laughs> no, and that makes a lot of sense. And that's why I don't think of things like uh, sometimes you hear that people are lead developers. Uh, and yes, that could be that could be a role. Perhaps uh, you would get a little bit extra pay if you were the lead developer. But the point yes. the point here is that anyone can be and anyone perhaps should try to be sometimes uh, the leader um, showing people the way uh, and I know for a fact that there are a lot of things I don't know that's uh, one of the good things of being around for some time you yes. uh, thought you knew everything <laughs> like 25 30 years ago and then you realize <laughs> that you uh, you don't know that much so I, I don't think I was ever as mature as I was when I was 15. And then it's just been downhill from that. And I love every yeah. minute of it because I <laughs> realized that I learn a lot. Um, yeah. So lead, uh, lead developer, that's very strange if there's one person with that specific role and everyone has to obey what that person says because that person probably knows a lot but most likely doesn't know everything. So you have to be you have to be a little bit humble uh, and yes. you have to give people room and space so they can express what they think. Uh, they may be right or wrong. You don't know. Uh, and honestly, it doesn't really matter if they're right or wrong. They have a different perspective. Listen yes. to it. Take that into consideration. Uh, don't write them off by saying, "Hey, you're just a kid. You're—I mean, you haven't been, even been around ten years in this business." I oh, don't know. Do that. 
Well, that's <laughs> stupid. That's very stupid. Listen, learn, and and uh, yeah, take it from there. And it's yeah. as you said, like it's really important. If it falls in your area of expertise, become more of a leader. And when tasks that are related to area area of expertise become the leader in that part of the, of the project and guide the rest of the team to, to make it yes. more efficient. Yes. I can share a story from uh, regarding that from, from yesterday. Uh, okay. When I was, um, so I'm, I'm implementing a web application for a customer uh, and I'm, I can't say that I know too much about web development. I know some, uh, I don't know uh, react. I don't know, uh, TypeScript that well? I know okay. a little bit, enough so I can use it, but uh, I, I'm not an expert. Uh, but I have a guy employed, Mika, and uh, he is, uh, he's not been, he hasn't been around that long, but he's been working with React for some time. So yes. he had to lead me yesterday when I was connecting a few components and had them call, doing callbacks and all kind of uh, more or less magic things, which was great. Um, a little bit complicated because we're not in the same area. He's in Turku, Finland, and I'm in Stockholm, Sweden. So uh, we okay. had to use uh, video chat and share screen. And if you share screen, but you can't type on the other screen, it's actually rather complicated oh. sometimes. <laughs> yes. So, but anyway, so he was able to lead on that. And then uh, he was working on a little bit of a backend thing in another project that we are working on together as well. Uh, it was a little bit complicated and... Uh, so I took the lead on, in, in, in showing him a few things there. So depending on the context, you can be a leader or you can be a follower. Yes. And uh, discarding someone just because they haven't been around for not even 10 years, that's, that's just stupid. Let's not do that. <laughs> yes, it is. Um, and getting back to the questions... Mm -hmm. um, what would be the biggest leadership fail we had the unfortunate experience of witnessing? Oh, leadership failures. I can't really think of... It's a little bit hard to come up with a, with a really good example because I think I have had so many managers Man, that... <laughs> could improve there are a few of them who uh, who uh, are worse than others and i don't want to mention too much details because well i don't want to do that uh, yes. but yeah i've seen horrible leaders that uh, for example thought we we defined that we should be done by a certain date and uh, fire the uh, entire development team by that date and it wasn't no. cl close to be fired uh, sorry being done that has happened um so why why would you do something like that uh, we had what they call uh a, i don't know the english term here but you had an an, an unemployment that uh, had a fixed end date and when that end date ah. uh, came we were supposed to be done but we weren't uh what? we really worked hard really we worked happens. seven days a week for sometimes but seven uh, days a week yes that was uh, that was. They uh, got paid only for five, I guess. Uh, we did get paid for the hours, but we didn't get paid overtime, which was. Uh, okay. yeah. You could have opinions about that, but never mind. Uh, yeah, that was what you call what we call a death march in this in this business. 
and uh, every developer has done one or two and I recommend every developer yes. not to do more because it's <laughs> No, it, it, it doesn't. That's a really off. good tip. Uh, yeah, that's a really good tip. Yeah, if you've done it once, never do it again. And if you want to want to listen to an advice, never do it. But uh, people don't listen to advice. People uh, fail, and then they might understand that they should have listened to an advice. Yeah. Uh, Usually, so it makes failure. it yes. Usually, it makes it easier if you know about okay. Okay, this is a failure that you can might encounter, a problem that you might encounter, and you know about it. It doesn't mean that you will not have it. it just makes it a little easier to get get past it because you also have the solution. You say, okay, yeah, I I got the problem. I know this is a solution. I'm not going to wait to apply it or come up with something. But I'm just going to use this, and I know it's good. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it's also it's hard to connect to some problems that people talk about if you have no idea what they're talking about. So if you haven't That's experienced with such a thing, then, uh, then you can't really understand what, what we are talking about. Uh, but that, that leadership that uh, just uh, got rid of the development team, uh, I guess that was a bit of a fail. They didn't get the thing they wanted on time, but that's, uh, that was their problem, not mine. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. Usually deadlines, they especially in creative industries that never you either undershoot it or you overshoot it it's never just on time no, <laughs> it's on time no, no. if you finish it earlier and you just wait until and you deliver it then mm-hmm. that's the only way to do it yeah i guess so so i really uh, as i'm uh, i i'm a kind of architect and and uh, yeah kind of leading the technical part of a project where this uh, guy in Finland is working on uh, and he's the one that actually does most of the work at the moment but I never ask him for uh, or actually I try not to ask him for at what time will this be done yeah, it is hard that's, a, not that's to ask, a really good policy but it's very hard to not ask that question as I'm really keen on getting some stuff done uh, and I'm. I would be able to cut. Some, I would uh, be happy to cut some corners just to get it done. Uh, we are called Fitumi, the uh, business entity that uh, owns this thing. Fitumi is another okay. version for fake it till you make it. Ah. Which is, uh, and we have registered that as a company name, Fitumi. So there is a company cool. in Sweden that means this. I love uh, it. <laughs> and you have and just idea, one word it's not a whole phrase <laughs> it's it's just one word so uh, it doesn't mean anything unless you know wh- where we took the, the letters from and I uh, um, was thinking about uh, something a musician told me a long time ago that if you want to play in Las Vegas then you need to do, be able to do two things you need to be able to okay. fake and you have to be able to transpose so fake uh, you may not be able to play this properly, but you do your best and it's good enough so people don't under- understand that you can't. Okay. Uh, so that's faking. And transposing means that you have a tune in a certain key, but the singer or, or, or yeah, the singer can't sing in that key. So you have to transpose it. You have to play like one tone up or down or something. And that's ah. very hard if you haven't practiced it. So you have to be able to do that. If someone says, uh, oh, well, this one is in B flat, but we're going to play it in A, uh, then you need to know how to do that. And no one will change your music. So uh, you will have to be able to read it and, and transpose it. I can't. 
I'm just an amateur. But if you're a professional and uh, you live on this, then you're expected to be able to do that. Do it on the fly. Yeah, nice. do it on the fly. That's very hard. Now I have a deeper appreciation of musicians, <laughs> professional <laughs> musicians, even amateur ones. It's like I always tr- wanted to learn an instrument. I find it really hard. Try to pick up guitar, but it's uh, just uh, it's you hard on the con- fingers. Yeah, yes. okay. But you also need a context. You need a place yes. where you play together with other people. I hated it when I started, uh, but I wasn't allowed to stop. And then uh, when I was like 13 or 14, I was allowed to stop if I wanted to. But then I didn't want to because then I started playing together with other people. And it was ah, very fun. Okay. So you I was forced for time. like two years or something. And uh, and then I was able, was given the choice and I choose not to stop. Awesome. Yeah. You gave me a great idea. And I think okay. this applies like anything. If you can work with while you're learning, be in a group and to make it like a group effort, it's even better. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And with that in mind, after all your experience, um, what would be your leadership philosophy? Oh, that's a very deep question. Do I have a philosophy? To be honest, no, I don't think I have a leadership philosophy. Perhaps I have an idea that if I'm, uh, if I'm, uh, which I am at the moment, a manager in the sense that I have one person working for me as an employee, how I want to treat this person as I want to be treated myself. So you want to treat that person very fair. Uh, you don't want to uh, request things that you didn't want to, that you didn't want to be requested from you, that you didn't want someone request from you. So uh, if you don't want someone to tell you that you should work overtime, I would never ask anyone to work overtime. Uh, So I guess treating people like yourself, like you want to be treated yourself. As fair as possible. Is it a philosophy? Maybe it is. So be a nice person, in short. I mean, you don't have to be silly nice, but uh, be nice. And realize that everyone has a life. Somehow, somewhere. They have, uh, hopefully, they have a family. And if they don't have a family, they probably have friends that they want to hang out with. Don't um, don't be in the way too much. I mean, work takes time. Uh, so yes, I do expect that the work is being done properly. But uh, is is that is, is the work the the most important thing in life? I don't think so. So treat people with respect and as fair as you can. Ah. Really good. I like it. And it, it okay. also, it's something that I try to do. It's hard. It's a hard balance. Because sometimes mm-hmm. what you you like might not be something that uh, the people you're managing or some of them like. They want something no. else. Yeah. Yes. So you also have to be accommodating for, for their preferences and what they they want to do and want to give. Mm-hmm. It's, it's and- difficult. It is. It is very difficult. But I also think that uh, if if you have a goal, you can behave in different ways of achieving this goal. One way can be to 
order this should be done like this. Uh, no explanation given. Yes. Or you could say or share this is our goal. This is where we want to be. I think that this path could lead us in this direction. Uh, what do you think? And if you have a good path, yes. then the answer is hopefully obvious. We should do it like this. But if I don't know why I should do something, I'm just told, do it. Then uh, I won't do it with, uh, with uh, any happiness or pride or anything. I'll just do it. Maybe. Half of it. Yes. But you won't know because I do it good enough so you don't know that it's just rubbish under the surface. You're but if I, if I can hmm. share why we do this and what the end result would be, then uh, and why we do this then you understand and you know you're bringing your 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 contributing with your part and, and it becomes also a, that that project or, or whatever you're working on also becomes something a way for you to express yourself and everybody in the team to express himself which is always good yes 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 and um, with that in mind, uh, for aspiring leaders, what would be the top three leadership tips you would have for them? Uh, realize that you don't know everything. Accept that and uh, ask other people for their opinions. Uh, take them into consideration. And if you don't agree, ask yourself, why do I not agree? Uh, who is right? Who is wrong? Is there a right? And is there a wrong? Maybe there are two rights. Maybe there is yeah. one way that is a little bit better for some reason. And it may or may not be the, the idea you had. So be open of changing your mind. I'm sometimes very, very stubborn. And I know that this is the way, the best way. Uh, but oh, yeah. I'm also open with, I'll change my mind about half a microsecond after you have convinced me about something else. If you can convince me that this is very good for another reason, then I'm uh, hopefully, and I mean, I shouldn't be the judge of this, but uh, I'm hopefully... Uh, mature enough to understand that well i wasn't i was incorrect so and it's tough to do yes yeah, it is sometimes tough to, to, do. to do and there are a lot of people who think that this is a way of uh, losing face which is oh, no. which, which couldn't be more wrong it's uh, that's not the way uh, exactly so if you think you uh, know the way uh, be open that it might not be the best way. Um, don't let social pressure force you to make decisions that you know in your heart are not correct. It's... I guess that's, uh, that's uh, <laughs> one thing. Yes. Uh, take time to take some time to make up your mind. Uh, and that's a culture thing. 
in some cultures, uh, you need a strong leader or people expect a strong leader. And it doesn't matter if they're right or wrong, they took a decision and we go with that. That's not the way it is done around here where I live. Uh, sometimes it happens, but it's very common that uh, it's, things are discussed in a group or, or informally around the coffee machine or something, um, which is better. I don't know. But I do know that uh, mm, the difference between different countries is large. So if I go to Finland, which I do quite often, since my partner okay. is from Finland, uh, they have another way of looking at leadership. They want a strong oh, leader. Oh, really? And we even share the same language partly. Uh, in Finland, they are bilingual. So about 8 to 10%, 8 perhaps, is speaking Swedish. Uh, so we can understand each other perfectly well. I don't understand Finnish. That's not another di uh, it's a different language group, so it's very hard to learn. Okay. I don't understand anything of it. I know like two words or something. Uh, so we have a social, uh, what do you call it? Mm, not social, a culture connection in the sense that we have a shared yes. language. But we have a very different uh, view on leadership. In the, in the two countries, yeah, that's I find that very interesting. Um, so it's very much depending on where you are. In some countries, you do as the boss tells you. In some countries, it depends. I might and do what you sell me, and I might not. <laughs> I'm Swedish. I don't care. If you talk to some person from India, a total different mindset applies. So. Um, I don't know if this connects to leadership tips, but it's important to understand that uh, it's different in different cultures. Yes. And even if they're like across the border, there can be cultural differences because I know like I'm uh, in Romina in Yash, I'm like half an hour distance from Moldavia, but there's, a, and we speak the same language actually. Um, mm -hmm. We share the whole bunch of our past together, but there are, cultural differences which if you do not know uh, you will have a really bad time managing uh, mixed teams or if you have uh, a team in Romania and a team in Moldova you cannot manage them the same way and if you put them together without uh, taking care to smooth out the cultural differences it's going to be a, a mess and I know that from personal experience <laughs> okay uh, if you are living so close to Moldavia and uh, been working as a manager, I expect that, yeah, I can understand that. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, and um, what is the book that had the most profound impact on you? Good question. Uh, profound impact. It's not about leadership because I never read a book about leadership, to be honest. Okay, it doesn't have to be about leadership. It can be about anything. Yes. That so has I'm to be powerful. In, yes. So I'm looking in my bookshelf now. And I guess this is a point where you might want to cut. Yes, there it is. No, we'll leave it in. <laughs> so I'm just showing you a book called Growing Object-Oriented Systems Guided by Test. 
And it's written by Steve Freeman, who I mentioned earlier, and a person yes. called Matt Price. Uh, based in London, both of them. And uh, it's a very, very good book that defines test-driven development outside in. Test-driven development, uh, I assume you're familiar with it, but let me just yes, uh, shortly mention that you write a test first and then you write the, implement uh, the production code. The classical way of doing this would be to start from the inside and, wor and wor work yourself to the outside. That's the way Kent Beck introduced it. And uh, he was not inter introducing test-driven development, he just rediscovered it. Because again, there's nothing new under the mm -hmm. sun. This was invented in the 50s. But uh, what uh, Steve and Matt did, they wrote down the idea, an idea that uh, emerged from uh, Extreme Tuesday Club in London. Uh, and that is that you write your tests outside in. So you write first, you write an acceptance test. It doesn't pass because there is nothing to okay. uh, that works. Yes. But then you uh, may implement enough so it passes. And now you know that the acceptance test passes, except that everything is faked below, below it. So now you start working down in the stack and then you end up in the bottom. Perhaps you end up in the database. But you don't start from the database. You start from uh, the outside view of the system. Uh, they also introduced hexagonal architecture in that book, which is a very, very natural evolution. Or, I mean, that's the way you want to do it. You want yes. to start from the outside and you want to be able to disconnect things. Uh, the hexagonal architecture describes this very well. So this book, Growing Object-Oriented Systems, uh, sorry, Growing Object-Oriented Software Guided by Tests, I'm reading on the cover. It's a very good book, and uh, it has had a lot of impact on me. That's good. And I know I also like to start with tests and work my way. Uh, uh, <clears throat> I start, Sometimes I start outside in, sometimes I start inside out, uh, depending mm -hmm. on uh, how well I understand the requirements and what is happening. Yes, yes. And it's uh, that's two different schools. Uh, they have different names. Yeah. One of them is the classical TDD, that's the Kent Beck uh, thing. It's also called the Chicago School sometimes. And then there's Outside In, which uh, also can be referred to the London School of TDD. Yeah, I know Uncle Bob has like a series with Chicago versus London, and it's, uh, yes, it's about yes. this. They build the same demo application. <laughs> yeah, I, I know that he recorded some stuff together with uh, Sandro, Sandro Mancuso from, uh, it's a He's a Brazilian guy living in London. Uh, and I know that Sander learned this from Steve. Yeah. I know both of them. Awesome stuff, Thomas. Uh, if people want to find out more about you, where should they go? I guess looking at my blog, which is uh, under blog on at thinkcode.se blog. That's one way of finding out. Uh, look me up on LinkedIn or check the uh, conferences in Romania. I will be in Yash in October, November. Yes. I forgot. Uh, for for, uh, for, uh, for a conference, and I currently don't remember the name of the conference. Um, no. I'll, I'll, I'll uh, oh, yeah. I don't remember. Uh, uh, it's either... 
dev experience or um, CodeCamp, mm. one of those two. Yes, CodeCamp, CodeCamp. CodeCamp. I'm doing something with CodeCamp in October, In I think it's October, if, if it isn't cancelled. It was, was supposed to be in this spring, but uh, for reasons it was cancelled. Yes. So, or if for that matter, uh, Geekon in, in Prague. No, not Geekon in Prague, but Geekon in Krakow in September. Unless that's cancelled as well, I don't know. It was cancelled. It was supposed to be to see. last week. We're going to see that. So I'm around uh, on the conference scene in Europe, and uh, I'm also available online. I am, I'm also available on Twitter, which where I have a Twitter handle, which is Thomas Sandberg, in one word. Uh, I don't tweet that much, a little bit. I mostly retweet good things I see. Ah, <laughs> good. So uh, reach out to Thomas, um, read his blog, um, go to one of the conferences where he's speaking, and uh, uh, maybe even go for a beer. Who knows? Uh, he uh, has lots of I interesting like stuff to say. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it has been a pleasure having you on the show, Thomas. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. Bye. Okay, bye. That was today's episode. Tune in daily. Rate, like, subscribe and share please. Oh, you can find further info and materials in the show notes on techyleadership.com, including links to the guest book recommendations.